when you know what a dollar today can become in 10 years, it makes it a lot easier to prioritize building wealth over spending in the moment. I'm Amy. And I'm Abby. And as women, we are constantly comparing ourselves to others. But your life isn't supposed to look like hers. Being your best self means standing firm in your decisions and always being willing to grow with a purpose. We get vulnerable and real with an honest look into the challenges and triumphs we all face. Every woman listening gets the opportunity to choose what life looks like for herself. One topic that we know you guys tune in for is money. And today we're going to be covering it with Haley from Mrs. Dow Jones. As a longtime follower, I have to say her ability to bring pop culture in to make a point is so relatable and it helps her community to understand things even better. Haley, could you start by introducing yourself to our listeners and telling us how Mrs. Dow Jones came to be? Hey, Abby and Amy. Hey, Herself Podcast listeners. So excited to be on the show. I'm Haley, aka Mrs. Dow Jones, and I am a financial pop star, which is a term I made up and one (laughs) that I wear proudly. Okay. I'm so excited because I was all over your Instagram account while I was preparing for this interview. And one thing I want to know right from the start is, do you recommend that every person or every couple has a budget? I've seen you talk about financial tracking on your Instagram account. And is that the same thing? So here's the thing with budgets. Budget is scary to a lot of people. So what I would rather people think about when it comes to managing their finances and what I encourage every person to do is understand their cash flow. So you have to know what's coming in and what's coming out. If you are a freelancer, then we will average the last three months of your income. Use that as like our monthly income starting place. And from there, we take out taxes and then we look at your expenses. So what you want to know is, is my cash flow positive or is it negative? You need to have positive cash flow. Like that's like your number one first goal with your finances is to figure out how can I spend less than I'm making? So it's not about your salary at the end of the day, but money in versus money out and just analyzing that. It's about how much you can keep. There's teachers who are more wealthy than Wall Street bankers because they're better at managing their cash flow and at holding on to money. That's what my dad always told me when I was growing up. He said, it doesn't matter if you make $40,000 or $400,000 if you spend it all. 100%. And that actually goes into the next question. So let's talk about another basic, which is credit cards. Do you think that it's good to go cash only? Is it important to have a credit card? Differences between debit cards and credit cards? We'd love to hear your answer here. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for asking this because credit cards get such a bad reputation. There are all of these financial quote unquote gurus who make them out to be evil. 
But really, credit cards are amazing because they help you build a credit score. And a credit score is basically your financial GPA. This is your scorecard from lenders. And it basically says, is Haley someone trustworthy to lend money to or not? And it's really important because like when you rent an apartment or you're leasing a car or like any time that you are doing something that requires you to borrow money, they look at your credit score. So it makes no sense for people not to use credit cards. You need a credit card. You need to build your credit score. It's so important. It's a huge part of being financially healthy. But in the same way, I totally understand that it can be really liberating, maybe too liberating to get a card and have it be like, woo, you can spend 30 grand this month. And it's important to understand, again, your cash flow and what you actually can spend comfortably while still having extra cash to put towards your financial goals and to not use a credit card irresponsibly. Oh, exactly. It's not monopoly money. It's real money that you're spending. So you need to make sure that you're able to pay your credit card off and be really responsible. I know another thing that you joke about on your Instagram account is the idea of the rewards. Like you can get some really great rewards on credit cards if you're using them. But I think our message here is definitely make sure that you're being responsible with them. Oh my God. The rewards are amazing. I'm doing all of this like wedding content right now because it's wedding season. If you're planning a wedding, by the time that this is posted, I'll have posted the content, but like about how to use a credit card so that basically you can get like a free honeymoon because so many credit cards have these huge sign up bonuses. But when you are planning your wedding, you're spending more money than you probably ever have or ever will in your life. So it makes hitting that bonus so easy. And then you can unlock all these awesome points to travel with, which we love. Yes, we do love that. I saw one of your videos recently on Instagram and you were talking all about your monthly money date. My husband Drew and I have had a monthly financial meeting every single month of our marriage. We've been married for eight years now. And I know it's one of our keystone habits that really keeps us on track with our finances. So I wanted you to explain what you do at your money date and then also help our listeners understand how they could set one up for themselves. Oh my gosh. I call it my moneyversary. And it is a time every month where I check in with my finances. And it's so important because if you are not in control of your money, your money is in control of you. And we all know how easy it is to just not check our bank statements, or our credit card statements. Like, okay, yeah, I would rather do anything else. But by penciling in a money date, you have a non-negotiable time that you have to spend with your finances taken care of business. And it's really important to respect it. Like I love to hear that you and your husband have been so consistent with this money date because obviously it only works if you work it. But here's how it works. So you start your money date first and foremost by looking at that cash flow. Cash flow is like 
the Daily Mail. You got to be checking that thing. You want to go through any place that you have money coming in and out of. So like during my money date, if you're in my friend group, you'll know that I am having my money date because I'm going to be texting you being like, um, excuse me, you never paid me back on Venmo for that sushi that I put on my card. You know, like you're settling your debts. You're making sure there's no fraud. You're looking for any random subscriptions that you like, you know, got a free trial of Showtime and now you want to cancel it and you're getting charged. So you're doing all of that due diligence, right? And it really doesn't take long. Like a lot of financial tasks, I think we build up so much in our mind as being so scary, so time consuming, so difficult, but really they're quite simple when you break them down and really, really swift to take care of. And then I really like to do any tasks that will take under 10 minutes. It's so easy to postpone things and to be like, okay, I'm going to do it at a later date, whatever. But your money date is a time. Mine usually takes an hour where you, in your month, where you're going to take action on your finances. So whether that's calling your bank to dispute a charge, or like I said, texting your friend about a Venmo or opening bills. Sometimes I'll go to my mailbox and I'll just put the letters on my desk. It's like, who do I expect is going to open them? I don't know. During my money date, those get opened. Those things get shredded. I mean, it is a really chaotic but productive time. I was just going to open up, Haley, and say when we started, I would have like sweaty palms and my heart would go fast because I knew my cash flow didn't look good at that time in my life. But I think what we want to get across today too is that money issues don't go away. If you don't open the bill, the bill is still there and it is going to impact your life. So I just wanted to say you're not alone if this subject feels overwhelming, if you've been avoiding it. But today we're just trying to get people headed in the right direction and understanding that, you know, we can lay the foundation and start giving you guys some steps to get headed in the right direction. Oh my gosh, a hundred percent. And by the way, let it start really freaking small, you guys. Like my biggest hope and goal for you is that we can build your financial self-esteem so that you become a reliable person in your life with money. I don't want you to be hiding from yourself, keeping secrets from yourself, doing things behind your own back, breaking promises to yourself. Like make it really easy. I built up to an hour long money date. At first it was literally just, okay, let me look at my bank statements and credit card statements. And you know, I use Venmo and PayPal. Let me just look at those. And then I was like, wow, she did that. Awesome. What can I add in next? And slowly but surely you're going to become more and more sophisticated and it's going to pay off because you're going to feel so good about yourself and you're going to see your finances improve. And although the very first time you do this, it might be a little scary. You might have the sweaty palms that Amy was talking about. It's also liberating because you may have some of those subscriptions or some of those things that you're spending money on, even if it's $6 a month or $15 a month. You're like, why am I even doing this? Yes, it's only 15 bucks, but it definitely adds up. So you might see some money coming back in that cash flow right away when you do that money date. So loving that part of it. We're so reactive with spending and get so caught up in FOMO and things like that. But seriously, when you get to a place where your expenses are fixed, 
your savings and your investing is automated and you have that chunk of money to enjoy your life with, I always say like, you don't have to live like a pauper to grow wealth and to transform your finances. You just have to be mindful. And so, you know, like, yeah, am I going to eat lentil soup out of a can for lunch? Absolutely. But am I also going to like go for cute natural wine dinner with my girlies on a Tuesday that I would never miss for the world? A hundred P like we got to have that balance. Yeah, it's huge. And it is really hard, but I swear to you, if you start taking control a little bit, you're going to want to take control a lot. And I have amazing resources to teach you what money can become when you don't spend it. Because money unspent can become wealth through investing. And that, honey, is the secret to everything. I mean, who doesn't want to have wealth? You mentioned that FOMO too. And it can be so real with Instagram and people just showing it all and trying to keep up. But you're talking about planning. And how do you plan your cash flow around big splurges, like going to an out-of-town concert or attending a destination wedding? How do you plan for those? What I do is during my money date, I'll like think about the month ahead. I'll think about what restaurants am I obsessed with that I need to go to? Are there any cool concerts that I really want to see? Whose birthday is it? Whose wedding is it? I write down all of them because you sort of know a month out what's going to be happening. You could even do it like a few months out if it's like a wedding or something you've to RSVP for. And then I ballpark estimate how much are each of these things going to cost me. And then I compare that to how much money that I have to spend on fun things every month. And I think about what actually is going to give me a reward. This is why I never order in sushi. Every time that I have ordered in sushi, I played myself. I played my damn self. They've sent me yellowtail that is nasty. They have sent me like, all fish does not travel, honey. And it is always like $60, $70. And I'm like, cool, money down the drain. If you ask me, I'd rather go sit somewhere. So you have to know what's worth it and what's not. What's going to give me a reward and what's not. And then if you are going to say no to something, you better own that decision and know that by making that decision, you're becoming a future rich person. Okay. It's not something to be sad about. We don't need to feel bad for ourselves because we're being financially mature. Actually, that's really cool and something to be proud of. And your friends should understand. And I'm not asking you to say no to everything, but I'm asking you to say yes to the things that matter and to ruthlessly cut the things that don't. And if you are a maybe on something, guess what? That's a no. Mm, Okay. And that is something that does take a lot of practice. So if you are a yes person. Yeah, if you're a yes person, but also then when you show up to these events, you are going to be like more in demand. You know what I mean? Like you don't want to see someone every day. You got to keep a little mystery, right? And then you can be at home working on your damn self, doing your self-care, listening to those audiobooks, listening to your, you know, self-development things, going to bed early, doing your dry brush, whatever it is, watch Real Housewives. I don't know your life, but the point is like you're creating time for you to thrive. You need time for yourself. You need time for your social life and your love life. And then you need time for work and make sure that you have each of those, you know, and that you're taking advantage of each. 
Okay. So the destination weddings, the concerts, those can be in the budget as long as you are saying no to a lot of those daily things that might be taking up some of the time and some of the money is what it sounds like. Yeah. Well, I mean, I always look at it like a jar. Think about if you had a mason jar, you could either put like a few big rocks in there, maybe more medium rocks or a lot of sand. And I think about like the big rocks as your weddings, your destination weddings. Cool. If I'm going to two of those or one of those, then I'm probably only going to have room for like some sand, which is probably like, okay, some dinners out, maybe like a workout class. Like, I don't know, manicure. But if I'm doing some medium rocks then maybe I don't have room for the big rock, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So you have to think about what's important to you. And yeah, don't be afraid to say no. And I really look at weddings and birthdays the same way, which is like, okay, you're not allowed to be mad at me for not coming because these are days where you are surrounded by literally everyone that you love getting so much attention. So call me on a Tuesday when you're bored and feel lonely and we can like discuss it and relive these memories. But this is a time where you literally like have everyone that you love around you. So I don't feel bad for you. I don't feel like I'm leaving you high and dry. Mm, Good response. And just pulling that in when you can, can definitely make for, you know, some big strategy and just overall help going forward. And now a break from our podcast partner, Gooder. As you guys know, Amy and I love our Gooder sunglasses. We loved them even before they were a podcast partner. They're one of the few sponsors that we reached out to because we knew that we adored them and that our community would love them as well. We talk about them on the podcast, on our Instagram account. We talk about them with friends and family, and we even bring them up with strangers on the street. When you see a pair of Gooder sunglasses... You just know it. First of all, they are so stylish and they are made with such high quality materials. And as we've been talking about in this episode, they are also budget friendly. Every pair is between $25 and $35. And because you're a Herself podcast listener, you get an additional discount by using code HERSELF15 at checkout. Another thing that we love about them, if you happen to break them, which let's face it, In motherhood, things break, but Gooder will send you a pair completely free of charge in that first year. I have definitely used this because I'll either sit on them or one of my three kids will bend them and break them trying to try them on. So again, go to Gooder.com, G-O-O-D-R.com and use code HERSELF15 at checkout for 15% off your very first pair. Gooder, G-O-O-D-R.com and code HERSELF15. Can't wait to see what you pick. And now back to our show. Let's switch gears a little bit and talk about basic investing. So quick story here. When I was in my early 20s, I had a lot of money just chilling in my savings account. It felt really safe to see my money there without it fluctuating all the time. And I remember Haley getting so excited when the bank would give me 2% back as long as I had at least 15 debit transactions. So I would literally go and buy bananas, then bread, then milk just to get three swipes. It was ridiculous. I can laugh about it now, but it was my real life for a very long time. So can you start to break down just some basic investing and how the numbers can look so different if we start making small investments today? Oh my gosh. Well, first of all, thank you for asking because it's like my dream question. And second of all, let's just think about what we've talked about so far, right? We're talking about cash flow. We're talking about spending less than you earn. We're talking about not being afraid to say no to things so that we are staying on track with our finances and making progress. And 
the whole goal of all of these actions is to have money at the end of the month left over that you can put to work for you. And the first thing that you're going to do with that money left over, aka money you didn't spend, you don't have to use like surviving, is you're going to build your emergency fund three to six months, put that in a high yield savings account, and you're going to pay off any high interest rate debt. High interest rate debt is any debt above 7%. And if you want to know why 7%, go to Mrs. Dow Jones. I have a full reel explaining the 7% rule. But once you have that high interest rate debt and that emergency fund saved, you're still going to have that extra money at the end of the month. And the question is what to do with it. And the answer, sweetie, is investing. And, you know, the thing about money is you don't have to be born with money to get money. You can create your own wealth. And that does not mean working so hard, working 18 million jobs and killing yourself every day. That just means being smart and putting your money to work in the stock market. What a stock actually is, is a tiny piece of a company. So what it means to invest is that you're buying a little piece of a company Or you could buy a piece of a lot of companies, which is when you buy an ETF or a mutual fund, which are basically like groups of stocks. You know, when you buy an eyeshadow palette, you're buying one palette, but you're getting so many different colors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how it is when you buy an ETF or a mutual fund. You're buying one thing, but you're getting exposure to all these different companies. So... The thing about investing is everyone thinks that it's super hard and intimidating, but it's not. It's literally just been marketed so poorly to us. Like we're never taught about it. And then it's like this whole culture that feels so inside baseball that most of us just feel scared of. We also sometimes feel like maybe we don't have enough to invest or we don't know enough or like we're going to lose all of our money if we do it. There's all of these fears around investing that keep us away from it. So the first part of becoming an investor and growing wealth is really just acknowledging those fears, getting real with your bad self and saying like, hey, what's going on here? Maybe I am standing in my own way. You know, I don't know if you guys ever felt like that. Like, I'm wondering how you sort of went from being excited about your savings account interest to being an investor. Well, it's kind of like what you're saying there about understanding that right now it feels safe. It feels comfortable. There's a little bit of growth. But then when I was investing like a tiny little bit and you see how much that grows, even just in a couple of years, I mean, by a couple of years, like half a decade, it's like, whoa, if I were to put, you know, a hundred dollars in to this versus a thousand dollars versus 10,000. Okay. Now we're actually getting somewhere. So I think it's just getting over that safety net too, which I know I learned it from my parents. My parents did the exact same thing. They still do that exact same thing, but just changing your money mindset a little bit. I will also say that it helped marrying somebody who loves investing as well, because he definitely put the fire under my bum to get investing. It's so important to have a community, whether it's your partner or We have something called the Three Comma Club on Facebook, which is our community of future rich people. And it's really supportive and amazing. I encourage everyone to join it. It's just like a great place to get advice and to like run ideas by people. But yeah, the first thing about investing, you got to make sure that you have your finances in order to invest, that you have your safety net, 
with your emergency fund and that you have your high interest rate debt paid off. The next part is like, you do have to do a little bit of learning. I've made it super easy. I have a course called Let's Invest, which I'll give a 20% discount code to your listeners. And so the biggest thing with investing is making it a habit. People think that it's maybe a one-time thing, but really the way to grow wealth and to really create a future that is abundant is to make investing a habit and to make sure that you're putting money aside every month towards it. And that was really important to me when developing that course was making sure that people understood what they were investing for. Like, what is this future that we're working towards? What are your financial goals? Is it, okay, it's retirement, great. Or is it buying a house? Or is it you want to start a business? You know, and financial goals can change. I always say they're like Kourtney Kardashian style. Think about her before and after Travis Barker. Like, you know, we've seen developments where they're not written in stone, but, you know, goals and dreams are so much more exciting and easier to sacrifice for when we can taste them, when we're excited about them. So it was really important to create some sort of like goal setting and financial planning as part of the course, because I love financial planning. I think it's super important. I did so much research on how people teach about investing. And I was so confused by no one ever like had people like think about why they were doing it. You know, so that was really important. So figuring out why, and then also figuring out what's that monthly amount that you can put into the market consistently. So that was really important too in developing the course, because like I said, investing has to be a habit. So a lot of people don't teach that way. They sort of just talk to you about the basics, but then they never actually give you a plan to do this for the rest of your life. And we need to have that plan because guess what? Money is freedom. And the more that we depend on other people for it or doubt our abilities to grow and create it, the less control we have over our lives. And investing can give you that power back, but the only way it works is if you're doing it on a regular basis. Okay, friends, let's take a quick break to bring up one of my favorite podcast partners, which is Open Meditation. I know, I know. There are so many meditation apps out there, Abby. What makes this one different? I was hesitant too. But as somebody who has a hard time meditating, a hard time sitting still in general, this app has transformed the way that I can sit still. It's not cheesy or with bird sounds or with random music like some meditation apps have. Open has actually partnered with musicians, producers, DJs, sound designers to really curate this immersive experience that takes you deeper into your practice. Like, how cool is that? You can bring a friend to any class with unlimited guest passes for absolute free. And it's designed for all levels. So if you have never meditated before, or if you've been doing this every day for the last decade, they have something for you. So join the unlimited live and on-demand breathwork, meditation, yoga, and Pilates classes that are available at Open. If you go to withopen.com slash herself, you will get... 30 days completely free of charge. Again, with open.com slash herself. I can't wait to see you in class. Yeah. And I love what you're doing and the fact that you're teaching women too, right? Because 
a lot of the money stuff that is taught to women is like, don't buy a Starbucks latte and like skip getting your avocado toast. And it's like, there's more to it. And if you're doing those little things, but you're not investing, that is not a sure way to grow your wealth. Thank you for bringing that up because that's basically what I was trying to say with like the way that you should automate everything and then just know your fixed expenses. Because I think that society has women in a chokehold, like trying to get us like excited about colored pens and like creating these like bulleted budgets and whatever. And that's a big waste of money. I would rather everyone spend their time actually learning how to grow well than learning how to like think about every little tiny purchase. Let's just get you to a place where you understand here's how much I could spend freely each month. And you stick to that. But like, you're not in that chokehold of like, of yeah, oh, I can't afford the avocado toast or I feel so guilty or whatever. I want you to live your life and enjoy your life. And there's a way to do both. And I was going to say a latte a week is a fixed expense for me. Like that's not going anywhere. <laughs> more than a week. I mean, I love, I like there, nothing makes me feel more like a career girl than like going to like get a salad during the day. Love it. I have to say though, Haley, we're having this conversation at a really interesting time because a lot of people are freaking out about the stock market and a potential crash. Abby and I were teasing our husbands this past weekend because they used to give us stock updates all the time when our portfolio was looking really good. And now we haven't been getting as many updates because things are down a little bit. So I wanted you to explain for our listeners the concept of a market correction instead of a market crash. Oh, absolutely. So yeah, the stock market is super volatile right now. I got a text from yesterday from my friend who invests a lot saying that she had motion sickness looking at her portfolio, which <laughs> I thought was really funny. But the first part of investing is, like I said, we're not timing the market, we're making it a habit. When, when you make investing mandatory, you're forcing wealth to be in your future. But volatility in the stock market, how I view it, which is like the ups and downs, this is when the media is like making you so scared that there's a crash, whatever. All of that fear mongering, dealing with that is the fee that you pay for getting to grow wealth in the stock market. Like, I'm sorry, we get an amazing gift by having the ability to invest and see our money compound. And obviously, there was going to be like a troll toll that we were going to have to pay. And that fee is literally dealing with the volatility and withstanding the market dips. Exactly. Abby's husband always says, it's not timing the market, it's time in the market. Like I always tell my husband when he's freaking out, I'm like, babe, we don't need that money right now. So you mm. can't freak out about it. So good. This is what happens historically. Exactly. That's what I love to look at. So like right now, there's a lot of volatility and the market is, you know, super down. But if you look at it historically, there's always been bear markets, which are markets that are really down. Like think about bears are scary. And then bull markets, which is when like, you know, everything's amazing. We're doing so great. Woohoo. Our stocks are totally up and amazing. And the whole key to weathering these storms is to think long term. 
you should never invest money that you need in less than seven years. So that goes back to the 7% rule that I talked about earlier, because a lot of investing just has to do with your time horizon, right? How long do you have to wait for your money to grow? The longer that it can grow, the better. Warren Buffett has never touched his portfolio. He's never paid a dime in taxes on Berkshire Hathaway stock because he's never sold it, right? Buy and hold is the best investment strategy that you can possibly have. So if you're able to think long-term, then day-to-day, month-to-month, even like quarter-to-quarter corrections, red, fear, scary, oh my God, everything's crashing, doesn't really matter because you're looking at your portfolio over time and it's trending upwards, right? Totally. I want to switch gears for a second. And to be honest, this is something that I used to do. So a lot of times we're hearing from our listeners, you know, they get a raise, they get a bonus, they get a tax refund. They just have more money than what they have been living on. And so we want to know, do you recommend investing it or paying off debt? So when I was in my 20s living in Chicago, I would get my tax refund and I would just make it rain (laughs) in the club. And I was just like, I felt like that was fun money. But when we get some of these bonuses, how should we look at them? Yes, we're in like tax refund time. So totally. Look, I'm not going to sit here and tell you, like I said, not to have fun with your money. But I think that it's really important to get away from an all or nothing mentality and to do it in a way that supports your future. So taking 15 to 20% of your bonus to have fun with, to buy something amazing with is so like, that's something I completely stand by, support, encourage you to do, but don't put all of it towards that. I still want to see the majority of that money being put into an investment account or towards your goals. And I think it's going to be really easy to do that if you're on a roll financially. Like when you were in your 20s, taking that chunk of money and going to the club, it's probably because you weren't that financially savvy. Like you didn't, you had no goals. You weren't, you weren't investing towards anything. You didn't have a plan for your future that you're excited about. You didn't know the difference between money in your saving account versus money compounding in the market. And when you know what a dollar today can become in 10 years, it makes it a lot easier to prioritize building wealth over spending in the moment. Mm. And you just make things so easy to take action on. And I know that on your Instagram account, you break down that 7%. So for people who are looking specifically at investing versus paying off debt while still having some fun with it, like still being able to live your life and enjoy that increase in salary or that bonus or that tax refund. But you do such a good job on your Instagram account. Mm-hmm. Well, I appreciate that. It's on. It doesn't even feel like work. It's my passion. And it is such a privilege to get to teach people about this. And I know how unsexy it can feel to be good with money. And that's why I feel like we just need to rebrand it. Like, I want you to feel glamorous and rich when you say no to things. I want you to feel like empowered and cool and savvy when you're like 
eating your canned lentil soup. Yes, Amy's low sodium is the best brand. Like, you know, these little things are not us punishing ourselves. It's us rewarding ourselves and it's us taking care of ourselves. And that is so awesome and something that needs to be more appreciated and yeah, and praised. I love this interview so much. So let's finish it off by switching gears a little bit and talking about a concept that we actually cover in detail on our other podcast, which is Pursuing Her Purpose. We talk all about how to take your side hustle full time. And Haley, you have four basic principles that can really help make this happen. And we'd love to hear from you how you instruct your listeners to do that. If you have a side hustle that you want to take full time. Yeah. These are four hacks that will definitely help you maximize your income and become a successful business owner. Starting with, you have to know your financial goal. Like how much is it going to cost for you to leave your full-time job? What is the magic number that we have to hit so that you can make that major and exciting step? And then I also think it's really important as step two to grow your social media. I think it's really a way to test your idea as well. Like if your audience is growing and people are interested in what you're doing, then I think it's like a really good action case to show that, okay, my business has legs. Like this is really awesome and like going to go somewhere. And then I also really recommend to people as tip number three, to find a support system. My best friend, Victoria, and I call each other our business besties. She's a business owner as well. And it is so awesome and has helped us so much to have a best friend or a friend or a mentor, whatever it looks like for you to talk about your business. You don't want to do this alone. And your family and friends are probably not the right audience. Like You really want to surround yourself with people who are excited and can give you advice and feedback and are doing it themselves. And those are easy people to find. Like I said, like if you, even if you just go in the free comic club, you could definitely find people like that. And then definitely step four is reinvest in yourself. I am a lifelong learner. I'm always learning, always trying to improve. And, you know, as a business owner, you should be putting money into becoming the best at your craft. So don't be afraid to take a course. Don't be afraid to hire help. Like, I don't want anyone to shy away from spending money if it's going to pay dividends. Yes. I love those. Those are such good tips. I really think, like you were saying with your friend, if you can make connections to people that understand Mm -hmm. that life, because not everyone does and that's okay, but you do need those people that you can lean on. You can bounce business ideas off of it. Like they just get it a little bit more. It's really, really helpful. So Haley, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with our community. We know that you got some wheels turning today. I would love it if you let our community know where they could find more of you and also your course that's launching this week. Yes. Thank you so much for bringing up the course. Just go to financeschool.com. It's so easy. Everything's there. You'll find the links to my courses. You'll find all my social media. And definitely also pop into that Facebook group. I am obsessed with it. I'm on it every day. And 
I love that community so much. So yeah, join the Free Comic Club on Facebook too. And then obviously follow Mrs. Dow Jones. Definitely follow Mrs. Dow Jones. It takes all of these answers and just goes into them so much deeper. So you provide so much information over on your page. So thank you for doing that. And for our listeners, make sure to share this in your Instagram story and tag Mrs. Dow Jones as well as her self podcast. Thanks again, Haley. 